Hello, Wondering Wednesday listeners. It's so good to have you join us today for another Wondering Wednesday podcast episode. I'm Donna Reish of Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar and Blog and Character Inc. Press Publishing Company and Cottage Classes. I have a very special episode, actually two special episodes for you today and next week in that we are going to be answering many, many Facebook questions about planning a Disney vacation. Um, For the last, I don't know how many years, about every five years or so, uh, we have taken a family vacation. Um, And yeah, that's just a family vacation every five years, but it's worth it because it is every five years to Disney World. And uh, we actually got our oldest child. We have seven children, 17 through 33. We got our oldest child, who's here with me today, Joshua, who's 33. We got him hooked on Disney World when he was just a toddler and preschooler when we would go down to visit uh, my husband's grandparents in Florida and uh, every year. And then for a day, they would take us to Disney World. And so he became a... Um, Disney World addict, so to speak, as much as you can be in every five years. But uh, with that, he came to learn all there is to know about Disney World. And so he has become our family trip planner. And uh, two months ago, we went again as a family for our every five-year trip. And there were 14 of us because we have seven children, seven through 33, my husband, a grandbaby, and four of the kids are married. So all 14 of us were able to go on this Disney trip. And it was absolutely fantastic, but it was in fact fantastic in large part due to Joshua's planning. And so we were asked over and over again on Facebook and on the blog about how we plan this family vacation, especially when I went around bragging about um, you know, the $1,500 meal that we got for free and so on and so forth. And um, answering people's questions, of course, because everybody thinks that Disney World is so expensive. And Disney World is not inexpensive, but nothing is inexpensive nowadays. So I think, you know, a lot of people, uh, kids who I know in our area go, you know, three, four and five times a year to Kings Island and Cedar Point. And those things are expensive too. Traveling is expensive. Vacationing is expensive. Living with a family is expensive nowadays. But Joshua is going to really give us insights into how to plan a Walt Disney World, this is Orlando, Florida, vacation that is extremely enjoyable, that is more economical than if you didn't use his tips, and uh, a trip in which you can just enjoy it for all age groups as well as um, not have long lines and so on. He has all the inside scoop, so this week and next week, uh, this is a place to be. So welcome, Joshua. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Um, well, why don't we jump right in? Um, basically, what I'd like to do is just give you some of the tips that I've learned over the years on how to maximize your Disney vacation, how to um, do that by um, minimizing the price as much as possible, um, how to minimize your wait times. One of the main things that people can complain about at Disney is how long they're waiting in line. Um, we generally don't do that. Um, some of the things you need to know ahead of time to plan ahead so that you have all of the ducks in a row that you need. You don't have to plan everything at a trip, but there are some things you need to know um, in advance. And then some, just some other tips that we have. So I'm going to dive right into maximizing your trip by minimizing your price. Now, the first tip I have for minimizing price is about when you go. Um, 
I, and if possible, you want to go during the off times. As a simple rule for what the off times are, it's basically any time kids are in school. <laughs> a lot of people travel to Disney when their kids are out of school, so during the summers, during the holidays, uh, holiday weekends, holiday weeks, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving. And so Disney generally has a much higher price during those peak times than during the off times. And so if there's any way that you're able to go during one of the times that kids are in school, especially during September, October, November, and December, again, not counting holiday weekends during that time, January, February, March, and April, again, not counting the holiday times, you could save quite a bit of money. For example, just one thing I have here, um, the average price of a hotel room for one of their value resorts, if you go during the holidays, if you go during Christmas, the starting or the price for a room, if you have four people in it, is going to be $192 a night. If you go in the off times, the starting price for four is $101 per night. So we're talking about literally 50% or, or nearly 50% off for the hotel rooms just by picking the right time of year to go. And then there are other deals that you can add on top of that. So the first thing, and this will also help for minimizing your line time, um, but the first thing you want to think about is if at all possible, go during the off times. Personally, we like November um, and uh, potentially early December because you also have the great weather there. It's really the ideal time, the lowest prices of the year with the best weather, with the lowest crowds. It's kind of the perfect trifecta for the Disney experience. Not to mention the Christmas decorations and the Christmas parades and so forth. So, oh yeah, there's a lot of good stuff about that time. But if November, and again, not counting Thanksgiving, um, any holiday weekend um, is going to be much more expensive and much uh, more crowded. Um, but if you can go at a time when most kids are at school, you're going to have a much cheaper price right off the bat. The second tip for maximizing price is to really do what Disney wants you to do. And that is Disney would love for your vacation to be nothing but a Disney vacation. And so they give big discounts for people who buy an, a large packages or packages that say that they're going to spend their whole time at, at Disney. So staying on Disney is when you get a lot of the best, um, the best prices if you stay at a Disney hotel. Uh, in addition, if you, the more days you pick or the more days you stay at Disney, you can get a, ma a big price off. For example, if you were to go just to Magic Kingdom for one day, you're going to spend well over $100 a ticket. So you've got four people going, you're at $400 just for that one day. Um, the thing is, for each day, though, that your ticket gets longer. So if you get a two-day ticket, it's not $200. It's about $190 um, for a two-day ticket. The amazing thing, though, is when you get out into the five, six, seven, eight, nine days, those last days are incredibly cheap. The last, when we went, we had a nine-day ticket. The last five days of our total uh, Disney World vacation uh, for each person cost $90 wow. for those tickets yeah. for those five days. Now, we had to pay more for the early days. So the main thing, the main idea here, obviously, you may not be able to do a nine-day vacation, but if you're planning a five-day vacation, a six-day vacation, and if it's possible, try to plan on doing it only at Disney. Um, I know some people really want to do Universal, um, though, in my opinion, that's mostly just to see that they don't collect their garbage. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's a picture floating around one of the Disney um, Facebook sites of uh, somebody ends up going to Universal, and of course, there's garbage strewn all over the place because... But no garbage at Disney. No. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, but you are going to save a lot of money 
if you have your whole Orlando trip at Walt Disney World, and there'll be plenty to do there. Um, so you just want to balance that out. How much do, do the people in your family really want to do Universal or SeaWorld or some of the other things, realizing that the extra days at Disney are going to be much cheaper than buying days at Universal or one of the other parks. Um, so those are two uh, tips right off the bat. Now, a couple of things that I would suggest not doing, even though it might save you some money, I suggest not staying off of Disney. Um, not staying at a non-Disney hotel. In general, the non-Disney hotels, especially the cheap ones, um, are cheaper than the Disney hotels. But there are a lot of things that you lose when you don't stay on Disney. First off, you, don't, you aren't eligible for a lot of the big Disney discounts, the ones I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, those are eligible only for people who stay at Disney. Second of all, you kind of lose some of the Disney experience when you leave the Disney park and go to another uh, resort. One of the things I love about Disney is when you sign into the resort, you get your, your key, um, although now it's a magic band, but you get your magic band, and the person checking you in says, welcome home. Um, it's just one of those little Disney things that even the, the value resorts, even the cheap resorts at Disney has, that you just lose when you go to other places. You also lose magic hours, which we'll talk about in a little bit. That's a benefit only for those people staying on Disney. And then a lot of people don't think about it. You have to pay for parking. Disney parking is $20 a car. And so a lot of people look at just the price of the hotel and forget that there are other prices that come with that. You lose time in the parks. You lose time because you're driving. And then you lose money by, um, par by parking, um, having to pay for parking. So when you take all of that into account, I prefer staying on Disney. We've done it both ways. Um, we've stayed off of Disney and we've stayed on Disney. And I think everybody in my family would agree there's really no comparison. Um, do you agree with that? that? Yes. And also, it's important to note, like Joshua just said, in the off-season, $100 for the value resort. And even though it's a value resort, it's very Disney-esque. You really feel like you are in Disney. For $100 a night, you know, that's not outrageous. That is not an outrageous motel price. So it's not like, well, if I stay on Disney, it's going to cost me 300 bucks a night. I can't afford it. You truly can do you know, the economy resorts and st and in the off season and still not pay you know, twice as much as you would outside the park or something. So it, it's not like you only have a choice of a $300 resort per night. That's right. They have um, family suites for larger families. There are just so many options that we won't get into all of them right here. Um, but I definitely suggest looking at those first. So tip number one, go in the off times. Tip number two, um, try to stay at Disney or try to um, do the Disney park more as opposed to bouncing around to more than uh, just the Disney parks. You'll save money that way. And then the third major um, tip here is don't go in the off times. Don't go without a special deal. Disney is always providing uh, special deals in addition to that base lower price that you get for going in the off times and for having a uh, more of your days be at Disney. Um, they have a number of special offers. The one that we got, which in the next uh, next week's podcast, I'm going to talk in more detail about how to get this one. It's their best one, their free dining, uh, where essentially they give you all of the food at their five-star restaurants for free. Um, it's an incredible deal. Um, saved us. Um, we figured it up at about $7,000 for our family with that deal. Um, so it's the best deal by far. Um, and again, it's only offered to people who are staying on Disney. Um, and the longer you stay, the more you're going to save there. But even if you don't get that deal, even if you aren't going during one of the weeks that that's offered, um, they oftentimes have 25% off of your hotel room. So that's 
25% off the already lower price if you're going during the off time. Um, and so that could be a really good deal, especially if you do like a nicer hotel and get one of, even though you can get value resorts at a, a cheaper price, you can get the moderate resorts or the expensive resorts, and it's 25% off those as well. Um, and then they're, o- they're always offering special packages um, for specific sizes of families. So um, there are five-day, four-night um, packages for four, um, or a kid-sized package for three. Um, those kind of packages that are always being offered at various times for various weeks um, that you can get as well. So, um, and these are all not necessarily super special deals with the exception of free dining. These are deals that are offered to pretty much everybody. And again, we'll talk about how to get free dining um, next week. Uh, but uh, so if you're assigning or if you're going on a trip, go in the off times and don't go without getting some kind of special package, some kind of deal. Um, if you're going in the off times, there almost, there's almost always some kind of special package available that you can find at Disney.com, um, uh, or well, DisneyWorld.com, rather. Um, and if you don't find the one that you want, you can wait a little bit um, and see if a better deal comes up, because they're always changing those deals. Well, the next part that we're going to uh, talk about is once you have your deal, uh, once you have your trip planned and you're actually there, how do you minimize your time in line? Um, I know when we were there, um, I, I think it was my mom who overheard somebody, uh, another dad, complaining that they had, he never waited less than an hour this whole trip, um, <laughs> which was kind of shocking to me. It was really shocking to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't wait longer than 25 minutes for any ride. And he was, so he was there during the exact same, same time that we were there. We never waited more than 25 minutes. And that was unusual even. Yeah. Yeah, it was 15 to 20 a lot. And he says he's never waited less than an hour. Um, and I think that this is true for a lot of people, though, um, who don't really understand that there are some kind of basic strategies that you can take to, to really minimize your time in line. Now, you can go super complex here. I mean, there are complex algorithms at places like touringplans.com that can tell you exactly at which time you should be in which attraction um, planning every day. But you really don't need that. Um, All you need to do is know a little bit about uh, the attractions and a little bit about the opportunities or the best times to go on certain attractions. So to kind of explain this, um, I've essentially divided, say, your average day into three time periods, the golden times, uh, where you can walk onto almost any attraction uh, without waiting more than five or ten minutes, Um, the silver times, uh, where you can still go on a lot of attractions without much of a wait, but your big attractions are going to have a line, and then the bad time, (laughs) the afternoon, basically, (laughs) 12 to 6 o'clock. When everybody should be back taking naps anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Um, We'll start with the bad time. It's the afternoon uh, during these parks. If you think about it, You've got a lot of people going to Disney World. Uh, A lot of them are going to want to sleep in. So there are going to be a lot of people who don't come until the afternoon. And then as the evening winds down, you've got people who have dinner reservations and people who are just tired. And so the peak time for lines is right during the afternoon from about 12 to 6 o'clock. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do anything during those time periods. There's a lot you can do. But you want to know if you're going to go on the big attractions, that's not the ideal time. The best times, the golden times, essentially, are for the first hour that the park is open and the last hour that the park is open. In addition, magic hours 
are another one of those golden times. We talked, mentioned this earlier, one of the reasons to stay on Disney. And I'll kind of expound on it here. One of the benefits of staying at a Disney resort is that you are able to go into the, Dis- the Disney parks, for some of the parks, before anybody else is allowed in. So let's say that the park opens at 9 o'clock for everybody else. People staying on Disney get to go in at 8 o'clock if that, if that park has magic hours that day or has morning magic hours. Um, and that time, that, that magic hour time, you could pretty much walk on to almost any attraction. There are actually only two um, that would still have lines during that time period, but um, one in Hollywood Studios and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in um, Magic Kingdom. But every other attraction in the park is pretty much walk-in, and you're going to be waiting five or ten minutes during the magic hours. So you can, and I've done this multiple times the last couple times we've gone, we go during the magic hours, and we do four or five of the biggest attractions in the first hour. Attractions that easily, if you went on the afternoon, would have over an hour-long wait. Um, During the good times a year. (laughs) Yeah, even during the the off times, um, if you went on them in the afternoon. So if you take advantage of magic hours um, and you go during the first hour, um, you're going to have a big advantage as far as um, avoiding lines. In addition to that, you also have a great opportunity in the last hour that a park is open. As a lot of people get tired, they leave the park, a lot of people have dinner reservations, the um, crowds tend to go down. And so the last hour that a park is open, you can pretty much walk on to most of the attractions without much of a wait. Um, and this is especially our personal favorite is when they have magic hours at night. Sometimes they have one, two, or even three hours in the evening of magic hours. So the park might close to everybody who's not staying on Disney at 9 o'clock and be open till 11 or 12 o'clock for everybody else. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> and Oh, it's, it's a blast because you don't even have to think about lines then. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just run from one attraction to another. You can do, uh, we did Seven Dwarfs, or not Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, we did Big Thunder Mountain five or six times in a row. So um, fun. You just don't even have to think about it during the, the magic hours. So when you're thinking about your Disney vacation, you can look at the Disney, Walt Disney World schedule and see which parks have magic hours, which days. And definitely you want to be, if you're staying on Disney, you want to be a part of those. Um, those are a great opportunity, whether they're morning or evening. So you want to go on the big rides, the, the roller coasters, uh, Peter Pan, those kind of rides that have a long line during either the first hour the park is open, the last hour the park is open, or during magic hours. And then in addition, Disney has this incredible new thing, which we just adored, called FastPass Plus. It's kind of an upgrade of their older FastPass system, where you can pick three rides a day, and actually potentially more, but we'll talk about that in the next um, episode. But you can pick three rides a day and schedule when you want to do them. And again, more strategies on that in the next episode. Um, and essentially avoid the lines. You'll, what you'll have is a magic band, and you'll be able to uh, to bypass the line. They'll have a separate a separate short line for those who have uh, fast pass for that attraction. So if you're going on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and there's a two hour ride or wait time, which is what the case was on our last day, we had a fast pass for it. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, and we walked on in about a ten minute wait. Um, so. Uh, you want to use those fast passes for the bigger attractions as well. Joshua, if I could just interrupt and say that the reason that the uh, mine train was a two-hour wait on our last day is because it was Saturday of the weekend before Thanksgiving. So it was getting into the not um, 
the not slow time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that, last that wasn't day. the way it was prior to that. But Though more and more, even the slow times are going to have an hour wait or more for the big attractions. Yes. So even during the quote-unquote slow times, obviously during the busy times, it's a whole other animal. But even during the quote-unquote slow times, you want to keep in mind that those, those attractions that have long lines, you want to do during the what I've called the golden times um, for uh, going on Disney attractions. And then you also have the, I've labeled them the silver times, but really it's anything before noon and the last two to three hours that a park is open. Um, again, you've got your late sleepers. More and more will be coming in any, um, as the morning goes on. But the lines are generally going to be shorter from about, if a park opens at 9 o'clock, from about 10 o'clock to noon than they will be from 12 to 6 o'clock in the evening. And then as the evening hits, you've got people going to dinner, people doing a lot of things, the lines tend to die down as well. So during those silver times, you can do a lot of attractions, even some of the really long attractions without too long of a wait, and definitely the, some of the medium-level attractions. Now, you don't have to have every line potential line time memorized to go on uh, to know how to use this. Um, in fact, it's, I think it's relatively straightforward for a lot of the attractions. Um, you can go to just about any site. Um, in fact, there is an app, which we'll talk about next uh, week, that gives you the line times at any given time. But the idea is you want to plug in, during the golden times, you want to be going on the attractions that have long lines. These are popular attractions like Peter Pan, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, Winnie the Pooh, Meeting Mickey or Meeting Anna and Elsa. You want to make sure you're doing those attractions during the golden times. And then during the late morning, <coughs> early evening, go on some of, you want to be focusing on some of the medium line attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean or Jungle Cruise, Dumbo or Magic Carpets of Aladdin. And then during the afternoon, if you're there during that time period from about 12 to 6, that's what you want to focus on shows because all of the parks have quite a few shows and most of them, especially during the, uh, the off times when it's not the middle of the summer, most of the shows you can arrive and get in without much wait. Basically just see the next show. You've also got some attractions that don't draw the big crowds like the People Mover. You've got parades. So there's plenty to do during the afternoon. But if you are there during the day and you focus early on on more of the big attractions kind of taper down to some of the medium attractions, some of the rides that have medium-sized lines, and then spend your afternoon on shows and lines that don't, or rides that don't have much of a line, and then kick back in with, uh, during the evening with some more of those medium-line attractions. And as the park is about to close, you can go on a lot more attractions with long lines. Um, they're really, for us, there really <coughs> isn't a lot of opportunity to wait in line. In fact, we complained on a regular basis that we didn't have enough time to wait in line. Yeah, we actually talked about, do you remember before we had Fast Passes, you know, 15 years ago, that we would bring books and I would read out loud in line to the kids? <laughs> and we're like, and, and we would play telephone, and we would play, you know, catchphrase and different word games in, in, in line and things. And we joked around this time how we don't have time to play any games or read any books. So <laughs> it's very fast. Yep, we didn't get to break out yeah, any of our games. Not even rock, paper, scissors. Um, <laughs> well, the last two things I want to talk about in this episode um, are planning ahead and then kind of experiencing Disney. Now, as far as planning ahead goes, there are some things that you're going to want to know at certain times ahead. and you'll, There are some reservations that you'll want to book at certain times ahead. And I, so I kind of want to just go through a calendar, if you will, um, of when you want to know what as far as your Walt Disney World vacation. Starting off about 9 to 12 months before your vacation, you want to know the length um, 
and the general time that you're going to go. So what month you're going to go um, and what length you're going to go, or what length your vacation is going to be. Um, so you don't have to know the exact week, but in general you want to have a good idea um, about 9 to 12 months in advance. We'll see some reasons why next uh, week when I talk about um, the strategies to getting the free Disney dining, where knowing what you want ahead of time is really important. Then somewhere between nine and six months before your anticipated trip, you want to book your vacation. I, give, I put that long three-month period of time because you kind of want to wait on the deals a little bit. So start about nine months before looking to see what deals are available at any given time um, and booking, it when, uh, booking your vacation when the deal is right for you. Now, you are able to switch your vacation. So if you book it with a certain deal and a better deal comes out, um, you can switch. You can cancel your first reservation um, and make a new reservation under with a better deal. Um, but you want to be ready and be watching during that nine to six to nine month period to see what deals are available when and make sure you get one of those deals. Now, once you get to 180 days before, you want to book your dining. Again, next week we're going to talk a lot about dining, how to get free dining, and even if you're not getting free dining, getting the Disney dining plan, um, which can be a great value even if you have to pay for it. But it's important to know that you want to know which restaurants you might be interested in 180 days in advance so that you can book those reservations um, as early as possible. On our last day, we were on the bus with a family who had gotten the Disney dining plan. In fact, it was a free Disney dining plan, and they were really excited about that. But they didn't know that it was a good idea to book their dining reservations ahead of time. And I, was, I remember I was looking on my phone. Several of us were trying to see what reservations were available. And all of the good um, restaurants had no reservations available um, because so many people were interested um, in those reservations. So don't wait till the last minute. And don't expect to be able to walk up to very many restaurants mm, yeah, I can't uh, imagine that. <laughs> without a one to two hour wait if you're, if you're walking up. Now, you don't necessarily have to book it 180 days in advance or book your dining. And if your trip is sooner than that, if it's coming up sooner than that, it's not the end of the world. I like 180 days because, honestly, if we get the free dining, I want to get the five-star resort or five-star mm-hmm. hotel or um, restaurants. I want to get the best restaurants, and I want to get them at the exact time that we want. And some of those do sell out literally within minutes, the reservations go. Uh, For example, California Grill. It's a beautiful restaurant on the top of the Contemporary Resort. And um, I wanted to book it for the last day of our trip, which was a Saturday, so a fairly busy day. And I wanted to book it so that our uh, meal would end as the fireworks were going off in Magic Kingdom so we could watch the fireworks from the top of the Contemporary Resort. Now, those reservations literally sell out in five minutes. They're gone, and I shouldn't say sell out because it doesn't cost anything to book the reservations, Um, but uh, they're gone within five minutes. So I called at 6 o'clock on the dot when the phones opened um, 180 days before our trip started and got those reservations. Now, if I had waited till 100 days before, I probably couldn't have gotten contemporary. I still would have gotten some pretty good... um, Um, meals and some pretty good restaurants. So the longer that you wait, the fewer time options will be available to you. So you'll have to be eating dinner earlier or later. And the fewer restaurants will be available to you as those reservations go. That's why I suggest, if possible, know which which restaurants you're interested in 180 days in advance and book them. Even if you think the time that you're going might change, 
it doesn't cost anything to cancel those reservations. So make the reservations 180 days in advance, and then if it turns out that you're going a week later, a week earlier, that you're going to be in a different park that day or something like that, it's easy to change um, the reservations. Um, and definitely, definitely don't arrive at Disney expecting to do a lot of eating at their great restaurants without having made reservations in advance. So, again, a lot more about dining um, next week. Now, the final thing that I want to talk about when I focus on maximizing your vacation um, as far as this week's episode is essentially to appreciate what Disney is and what Disney can offer. A lot of people think of Disney as a theme park. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of theme parks, but I adore Walt Disney World. And so much of it is because of the details. It just is completely staggering to me. For example, we talked joking earlier about um, Universal's um, penchant for not changing their trash can or trash bags and having overflowing trash cans. For Walt Disney World, it's a point of pride that there is very little trash, garbage, food on the ground, even though they may have 50,000 people in the park in a day. It went back to Walt Disney himself, who would walk around the park, and if he saw garbage, he would pick it up. I remember there was this great story about Michael Eisner when he became the CEO of Disney. Um, it was his first tour of Walt Disney World. He'd never been there before, um, and he was now the CEO, and they were taking him around, and he had just had back surgery and was really in excruciating pain, could barely walk. And as he was walking around with some of the Disney, uh, Walt Disney World executives and some of the other cast members there, he noticed there was a piece of trash on the ground as they were all walking towards it. And he remembered the stories he'd read about Walt Disney and how Walt Disney had always gone around picking up the trash. And it popped into his mind. He wondered if the cast members had put it there to see what he would do. And he knew what he had to do. He picked it up, even though he said it was the most difficult trash-picking-up experience he'd ever <laughs> had, because that's what Disney does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many little things. With Disney, it can be easy to get into the Disney death march, especially if you're focusing on minimizing time in line and you have all these reservations and you might be thinking, oh, I've got a fast pass that's coming up in 20 minutes. We have to be over at this attraction and we have to run to that attraction. It can be really easy to miss the Disney experience uh, because the biggest thing that Disney offers that other theme parks don't are the little details. Um, when you walk in to Magic Kingdom, take a moment to look down Main Street, USA. It's amazing the number of little details that the uh, Imagineers, the engineers who created Disney, put in. The words on the, uh, the signs of the uh, buildings of Main Street, USA, the fact that the buildings get smaller, they get shorter, as you go down Main Street, USA, and then the castle comes up uh, as the tallest building to maximize the, the size and the, the power of how the, that, what the castle looks like. Um, if you go to Animal Kingdom, my personal favorite resort, you walk in and it's, the, it's called the Oasis, and it just looks like a garden. It's a beautiful garden with all kinds of little animals and trees and things like that. And then as you walk out of the Oasis, take that moment when you first see the Tree of Life, the big iconic tree in the middle of the park, just to marvel at it because it's stunning. It's a tree hundreds of feet tall. The base of it is a, originally an oil rig, but it's just beautiful, and it's framed perfectly with the branches all around it. Um, there's just so much, so many things to look at. And we were kind of joking about 
how we were complaining that we didn't have enough as much time in line as we wanted. That's another thing. If you're waiting only 20 minutes in line, usually it's not enough. These lines are full of things to look at, things to experience. A lot of them are interactive. And there have been a number of times when I have asked people to go ahead of us in line because we wanted to stop and look at something. So there's just so many little details that Disney does that the other theme parks just don't do on a regular basis. Um, The theming, the cleanliness, all of those things that make the Disney experience what it is. The smells, the music, um, the fact that it's a full experience just walking around. And so when you're trying to maximize your vacation, um, especially at Disney World, don't forget to slow down and just experience it. It's not just about going on the most rides. Um, It's about these incredible experiences that can just blow you away and the little things that can just blow you away. Um, Again, I could go on and on the fact that they have a whole castle that's nothing but a bathroom. Um, It's Rapunzel's castle. Um, And um, the fact that uh, the amount of money they spend on even simple rides that another theme park might spend 5% of that on, they spend 20 times that for the same ride, but they spend that money on making on the little things, on mm-hmm. making the theming perfect, making the line almost a pre-show for getting into the um, attraction itself. Um, and on a side, a little side note with that, if in Animal Kingdom you don't want to go on the big roller coaster Everest, still go through the line. It's definitely one of those lines that's just amazing. It's almost a museum to yetis um, just <laughs> with the line itself. So take that time to enjoy the Walt Disney World experience. Um, as you're going from attraction to attraction, it will definitely pay off um, in the long run. All right. Thank you so much, Joshua. Oh, my word. I don't know if I can wait five more years. Anyway, because we just got back. We can't go for five more years, but we will see. I don't know. When we talk about it and when we get together as a family, all the memories that we have built at Disney World and just even hearing Joshua talk again just makes me really not want to wait five more years. So, Anyway, this has been Donna Reish with my guest, Joshua Reish, talking about um, minimizing your spending and maximizing your pleasure on a Walt Disney World family vacation. So uh, I hope you'll join us next week for next week's Wondering Wednesday podcast episode. We get into even more details in some of these subjects that Joshua brought up today and even some other things that you're going to want to know to plan the perfect Disney World vacation. Hopefully you'll join me over at Raising Kids of Character, Parenting Seminar and Blog, and Character Inc. Press uh, blog, and check out some of my curriculum books to teach children to write. It's really funny that we should even be talking about Disney. We have a new line of Disney books coming out in a month called Write on Peter Pan. And uh, so check those out next month at Character Inc. Press store where you can find our writing curriculum based around Peter Pan. Thank you for joining us.